Good morning. Open your Bibles with me to the Gospel of John, chapter 20, where in just a moment I'll be reading a passage of Scripture that will be the foundation for today's message. John, chapter 20. While you're turning to John 20, let me say thank you, Southwestern Seminary, for your investment in my life over the years. I came here as an MDiv student in 1982, was called to a pastorate in Missouri, and so transferred to another seminary to finish my master's degree. I came back here for a doctoral degree. Dr. Roy Fish was my doctoral supervisor. I later became the president of Gateway Seminary, and Dr. Fish preached my inauguration message. This last summer, you honored me as a distinguished alumni, and I am grateful for that. Thank you, Southwestern Seminary, for your investment in my life over the years. When I accepted this invitation some months ago, I, of course, did not know the circumstances of the hour. But I'm here today as a person that you have helped produce and shape and send to speak a word from God back to you in a time of significant disruption in your community. The Southwestern community is living through a disorienting time of unexpected change. People you trust have let you down, and processes designed to enhance stability have failed. And for some of you, it feels like everything you've invested yourself in is coming unraveled around you. Now, while the nature and scope of these challenges is significant, <laughs> after 40 years of Christian leadership, I can tell you that leading during chaos is seemingly more the norm than the exception. And for all of you, life is curriculum. And so what you're going through right now is not only an experience, but also a learning opportunity. In the Bible, there is a similar time, a similar chaotic time for believers. It occurred after the crucifixion and before the resurrection had become widely known. What was happening? Well, religionists were allied against Christians. Governmental leaders and legal systems were attacking believers. Christian leaders had either disappeared or lost their focus. And the Christians were intimidated and confused, fragmented and isolated. And while the circumstances of the story in the text are very different than yours, the principles of living through chaos are the same. John chapter 20, verse 19. When it was evening on that first day of the week, the disciples were gathered together with the doors locked because they feared the Jews. Jesus came 
stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. Having said this, he showed them his hands and his side, so the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. After saying this, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. But Thomas, called twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples were telling him, We've seen the Lord. But he said to them, If I don't see the mark of the nails in his hands, put my finger into the mark of the nails and put my hand into his side, I will never believe. A week later, his disciples were indoors again and Thomas was with them. Even though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here and look at my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Don't be faithless, believe. Thomas responded to him, my Lord and my God. Jesus said, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. This passage of scripture begins by teaching us that Jesus speaks peace in the midst of our chaos. Notice in this text, there is a trifold affirmation of peace by Jesus. He starts in verse 19, peace be with you. He continues in verse 21, peace be with you. And then again in verse 26, peace be with you. This trifold affirmation of peace follows a pattern of three statements that we, also, that we see uh, repeated throughout Scripture. You can no doubt recall some of these. First, how about the threefold denial of Jesus by Peter? Or the threefold question from Jesus to Peter, do you love me? And then ringing in the minds of these particular believers, the three days between the crucifixion and the resurrection. And perhaps mentioned in this text, the three aspects of the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. These triads are patterns of three are very important in the Gospels as not only part of the genre of the literature, but also a way of communicating something important to us by repeating it three times. Peace be with you, peace be with you, peace be with you. Jesus offers you today peace in the midst of the chaos. Now, believers often pray for peace. But what we generally mean is that we'd like to be rescued from the circumstances creating the chaos and thereby receive peace, not that we would like to receive peace while in the midst of the chaos. You know, these prepositions matter. From can mean from the effects of or from the presence of. Let me give you an illustration to help you see what I mean. Suppose you were out in the Gulf, and that hurricane was coming. And your ship, or or your, uh, your boat capsized. You're in a chaotic mess. 
You need to be delivered from the storm. So you pray. Coast Guard helicopter comes, drops down a rescue basket. You crawl in, you're hoisted up, the copter flies away. You've been rescued from, meaning from the midst of or out of the midst of your chaos. But suppose you're out there in the Gulf, same hurricane, same storm, same boat, same capsize, same prayer for help. But this time that helicopter comes, but rather than lowering a basket, it drops a raft and four Coast Guard rescue swimmers with a life raft drop in beside you. And they put you in that raft and they climb in with you and they start rowing you through the storm to safety. You've been delivered just the same, but not delivered out of the storm, but delivered through the storm. The prepositions matter. Jesus comes to these believers and says, peace in your chaos. He doesn't deliver them out of the circumstances. He delivers them through those circumstances. Peace in your chaos. And Jesus wants you to clearly get the message that his peace is available to you because he repeats it three times. I thought a lot about modern uh, equivalents to this. I think the best one in the vernacular would be your mother calling you and using all three of your names. Now, my name is Jeff, not Jeffrey, Orge. Jeff Orge. It's a simple name. But my middle name is Preston. And growing up, if my mother said Jeff, I gave her a little bit of attention. But if my mother said Jeff Preston Orge, I knew trouble was coming if I didn't make an immediate and obedient response. All three names gets our full and undivided attention. Tracking with me? Jesus says this, in the midst of your chaos, peace, peace, peace. Three times I'm speaking it to you. I want you to get it that it's available to you in this moment, in whatever you're living through. Peace, peace, peace. Jesus speaks peace in our chaos. Second. The second thing is that Jesus reassures us by his presence in the midst of chaos. Now, there is something strikingly absent from this story. There is no rebuke from Jesus for either, for either the disciples as a group who were fearful and in hiding or Thomas, who spoke not only for himself but no doubt for others in making these bold claims of having to have a demonstrated proof before he would agree that Jesus was really resurrected. If it had been me, I think I would have had something to say about that. A rebuke of some kind certainly was in order. But there isn't one. There isn't even a hint of one. No. Jesus does not rebuke the disciples who were hiding and fearful. And he doesn't rebuke Thomas 
even for expressing his doubts. Instead, Jesus assured Thomas, he assured Thomas by his presence and by addressing his doubts directly in verse 27, he said, put your finger in here, right here. Look at my hands. Go ahead and touch them. It's okay. It's me. And my side right here. Go ahead. Reach in there and touch it. It's okay. Yeah. Right there. That's where they got me. Right there. Jesus reassures us in the midst of chaos by his presence and by directly addressing our doubts. Listen. When you're living through chaos... Jesus draws nearer to you and reassures you by his presence. The darkest night of my life was in 1994 when I was diagnosed with cancer. Now, I was young and had a kind of cancer that's rare in men and especially in young men, so there was a sense that this first surgery would be fairly routine, and it was. But five days later, they called and said, you're in the small percentage on all of the options, and you have to have a second surgery today. So I went back to the hospital, had a second surgery Without going into any inappropriate detail, it did not go well. I was told I might never speak again. I, I was disoriented after the surgery. I had the surgery late in the day, and so I was into the night when I started recovering. I couldn't speak. I couldn't think. My body wasn't functioning properly. I had one particular problem that was so acute, there was a syringe laying by my bed, and if I had a certain symptom, my wife was supposed to hit a button, and within seconds, they would be in my room to give me an injection to keep me alive. As I lay there that night in the bed, I couldn't even remember any scripture verses. Only one. Only one. All I could remember was from the Psalms. Weeping lasts for the night, but joy comes in the morning. That's the only scripture I could remember. And so I prayed that scripture over and over. I lay there in bed and I prayed, Lord, weeping lasts for the night, joy comes in the morning. Get me through to the morning. And I would fall asleep and wake up and look at the clock and three minutes had passed. And I would pray it all over again. Lord, weeping lasts for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Get me through to morning. Well, when the night finally passed and I woke up the next morning, my body was stabilizing, my thoughts were clearing. And I remember laying in the bed and praying this prayer, my first one, with some clarity. And I prayed, Lord, last night, it got down to just me and you. My church couldn't help me. My degrees didn't matter. My family couldn't even help me. And the doctors had done all they could do. Lord, last night it got down to just me 
and you. And I found out you are enough. Southwestern, Jesus is enough. His peace is present in your chaos. And he personally comes to you, embraces you, and without rebuke reassures you he is with you, whatever you're enduring. And when you are living through this kind of chaos, Jesus will help you overcome your doubts. As just, just as he did these believers in Thomas, he will say to you from his word, things that will encourage you. He will speak to you from friends who care about you. He will stand around you with church members who believe in you. He will send people around you to reinforce you, to help you overcome your doubts. Jesus reassures us in the midst of chaos. Well, now the message takes a turn. The message takes a turn because the text takes a turn. You see, up until now, this message has been what I would describe as very pastoral. You're in chaos. Jesus speaks peace. You're in chaos. Jesus' presence reassures and removes doubt. But now, one more part of this text, which is a turn for us, away from focusing on these pastoral needs that we all have today to something that will move us forward from today. Jesus sends us on mission in the midst of our chaos. Look at the text. Right in the middle, verse 21, peace be with you. Now notice the precise placement of that. Verse 19, peace be with you. Verse 26, peace be with you. Right in the middle, in the centerpiece of the trifold affirmation of peace, right in the center, Jesus says, peace be with you. But this one, he amplifies. He says three things. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. Receive the Holy Spirit, and then if you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. In the midst of these trifold statements of peace and his reassuring presence, in this moment of chaotic experience of the early believers, Jesus comes and delivers John's version of what we commonly call the Great Commission. He says, first of all, as the Father has sent me, I also send you. And then he says, receive the Holy Spirit, John's version of Acts 1.8. You will receive the Holy Spirit, or you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And then this last great phrasing, if you forgive the sins of any, speaking of the message that we're given of restoration to deliver to so many in our world. So, in the midst of your chaotic situation, I say these things to you. First, you still have a mission to accomplish, yet focused on that. The mission of the kingdom of God expanding around the world has not changed in the last 72 hours. Your mission as a seminary to train leaders to fulfill the mission of expanding God's kingdom around the world has not changed in the past 72 hours. Listen, the mission of God and the mission of Southwestern Seminary have not changed. And the 
And Jesus speaks in the middle of your chaos and says, get focused on your mission. As the Father has sent me, so send I you. Jesus says, focus on your mission. If you are waiting for a time in Christian leadership when you will not be experiencing difficulty so you can then get focused on your mission, you will never do anything apart, apart, as a part of the mission. We are always living with difficulty and challenge and turmoil and upheaval and chaos and, cha- and difficulty. And in the context of that, we have to get the work done. Just like here at Gateway, we train a number of chaplains And I am astounded at the military chaplains who tell me their stories of persevering with the mission in the midst of actual battlefield or actual uh, 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 warfare warfare and, and battlefield activity. In the midst of that kind of chaos, they're still preaching, still making disciples, still baptizing, still counseling and consulting and helping. Then on a more personal basis, Last year, excuse me, this year, last academic year, this year, we had a faculty member at Gateway Seminary that passed away from cancer. When he was diagnosed with cancer, he was given about a year to live. And he said, "Uh, I intend to live it doing just what I've always been doing, trying to fulfill the mission of God through the mission of Gateway Seminary. The day before he died, he was in the hospital calling doctoral students from his bed and giving them some final instructions about their doctoral work, he passed the next morning. He was a remarkable example of someone who understood the mission of God, understood the mission of our school as it serves the mission of God, and had committed his life to the same. And in spite of the chaos, even of cancer, that took his life over the past year, he never wavered in getting the work done, even up until the very last day. God sends us on mission. And in the midst of our chaos, he reminds us we are still on mission. And then he says, not only that, but you have the power to fulfill your mission. Receive the Holy Spirit, he says. We have spiritual power to accomplish our mission. One of the good things about COVID is it has eliminated so many things that churches thought gave them spiritual power. You do not have spiritual power because you have nice facilities or comprehensive programs or financial strength. You have spiritual power because you were indwelled by the person of the Holy Spirit, and because you were indwelled by the Holy Spirit, you have the capacity to surrender your life to his control and be filled with the Spirit as the Bible describes it. I would say the same thing about your school. Your nice facilities, your comprehensive programs, and your financial strength are not the source of your spiritual power. The source of your spiritual power is to rediscover that the Holy Spirit is what empowers you to stay on mission during the chaos and to refocus on that as the source and the core of what enables you to move forward in days like this. And then finally, we have this third part of the message, and that is we have this message of restoration to keep sharing and preaching and teaching. We have a message of restoration. Sin can be forgiven. 
Now, before you say yes, and some other sinners need to be forgiven, let's talk about you this morning. In chaos, especially when it's inflicted upon us by the actions of others, it's easy to focus on their sins and what they've done wrong and what they need to do to correct themselves. But I warn you this morning, Southwestern community, to guard your own heart against bitterness, anger, frustration, and a vengeful spirit that can well up within you during a chaotic time like this. We have a message of restoration, forgiving sins and being forgiven. And we definitely preach that to other people, but today I'm preaching it to you. That in the midst of your chaos, you need that message as well. Well, here's what I tried to say this morning. You are living through a disorienting time of chaotic change. While it was a very different set of circumstances, so were these early believers. The crucifixion had happened, the resurrection had happened, but was not yet widely known. They were in fearful hiding. Not sure what to do next. Overwhelmed by their circumstances. Cowering in fear. Perhaps a little embarrassed or even ashamed what they were going through. If that's your circumstance this morning, the message is clear. Jesus speaks peace to you. Peace, peace, peace. And he reassures you by his presence in the midst of your chaos. And without rebuke, he says, come up close to me. Go ahead and touch me. Feel me. I'm real, and I'm here. And then, once he has spoken peace and reassured you by his presence, Jesus says, get your focus on our mission. As the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. The Holy Spirit is here and empowering you. And your message of restoration, the world still needs it. You need it too. Mission, spirit, restoration. That's the message that we continue to deliver in chaotic circumstances.